Well, welcome to Dwelling Place, if, if we didn't say that. I want, to, I want George to just come share. It's kind of an interesting word because it really went along with it's more of a teachable moment, I think, because uh, it went along with what Rick was just sensing in the spirit as he got up there, and I just want him to share it. Amen. <laughs> well, um, just when I entered the place, I just felt like this heaviness. Like, I just felt like there's black tar on my feet and I'm, I'm just like felt like I'm not able to move and when we start worship it just like start turning into just clear water and I just felt like a lot of freedom and I'm, I start like just asking the Lord what that's about and suddenly like when I saw the the tar again it was just like a lot of question like it just seems like the enemy trying to throw lies on, our, on us that you need to understand to walk well, the, the reality is when you, like what you need is to believe, not to understand. It's just like what's holding us is just like we, we need to get it. Like we need to understand what we're doing, where we're heading to. And I, I got like two verses. One of them, it was just like you need to have, like you need to believe as the child believed. Like just I trust you, Father. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. But I trust you. I believe in you. And he will lead like your steps. And the other thing was, uh, like, depend on the Lord with all your heart and in your own understanding, depend not. That's my translation of the verse. <laughs> so I just felt like this, it's, it's just like when you, when you worship him, like, the way I saw it when, when I start, like, just, like, not looking on this, like, dark tar on, on my feet and just looking on him and rest my feet, I mean, even on, like, the physical round, I felt, like, my feet was really heavy, and then I just felt like, yeah, I can move. There's freedom on his presence, so that's what I saw. Amen. And I wanted him to share that, because I think that's what Rick was sensing when he got up there to speak, you know. It is a, an activation beyond our own understanding, especially when you come in, you don't feel like it. You know, there's a place that you press through, and that you walk through, this place of the tar. Sometimes in our life, we feel that tar, and we feel like, man, maybe I should just, you know, go back home and get back in bed day. And the Lord's really calling this body to press through and press forward uh, beyond your own understanding, beyond what you can see or what you can think, uh, but to press on towards him. So I just wanted to share that because I felt like the Lord was saying. And I, I think um, uh, Laura had a really cool picture about um, a lady with an apron and she was just taking seed, seeds out and just, scat, you know, just scattering them. And that's, I think it's sowing into that. When you, you don't see the fruit of it, you just know that you're going to plant it. You're going you're gonna to plant it. And so just thank the Lord for that. Um, well, it's good to be back. I feel like I have been gone almost a month or two uh, from here. And we've, we were only gone 13 days, but it sure did feel like a long time. Um, I do want to thank God. We have uh, new grandparents in the house, right? Good hearts. What was what was the name? Samuel Michael was born yesterday. Yesterday? Yesterday. All right. And the Goodens are in the house, right? Have y'all been in the house since I've been gone? No. I don't think so. I didn't All get right. to welcome them. Welcome the uh, their new little one. Um, remind me, announce the, the full name because I don't remember the, all of it. Edie. Edie Ronan, that's what it was. See, I don't expect, that, one's a hard, that one's a hard one. I don't think I'll, I'll probably need about three or four times on that one. But welcome, Edie, uh, to the house this morning. Um, amen? Yeah. Um, 
But thank you guys for praying for us as we were gone. It was a great trip. We were able to go into three different cities. I don't know if you're going to share any of this, but uh, are you going to share about Bert at all? Okay. Um, really neat uh, opportunity to go to, um, we landed in Zagreb, which is the capital city, which is where Pastor Shishko, I've always hate saying that name. He's going to ch- thank the Lord. He's changing his name to, well, his name is Demir, but he's going to go by Pastor Demir now instead of uh, that. Thank the Lord, because I feel like I'm going to say the wrong word every time I say his name. Um, but uh, we were able to go and be in Zagreb, and then we were able to go to um, Dubrovnik. Great place to go if you ever want to go. Uh, it's an amazing little church there. Uh, we got to connect with uh, them a lot, and then uh, we went over to Pula, which was on the coast. Both of those are on the coast, and then back to Zagreb. Uh, and then I got to go up to Verjdin to speak in a church up there. We also got to go over to Kotar, Montenegro, uh, which is a really neat place, a place that the farmers are praying about uh, going. Um, so that was a good trip, too. So we, we hit a lot of different places within that 13 days, so uh, a lot of traveling. But it's really cool. I think the Lord, for me, on the perspective I had, it was so much great foundation. I have a great church. I think we have we almost have... Uh, churches that we could learn from them and they could learn from us. I think they have a, man, you go in there, you think this, you, sometimes people think this is loud and like crazy and I mean, they go after it. Like I mean, there's, all those churches, they just go after it. Sometimes the place I went to Verstein, I thought I was going to, I thought I, my ears were going to pop the way they just went after it and it was loud, but but it was good. And um, But, you know, there was just this place of just foundations that we got to lay because I think maybe where they where they struggle sometimes is in that uh, getting into the heart and the pastoral and helping them with that. And so it was a really cool place. We got to speak uh, on uh, just really the foundations of ministry, and uh, so it was really good in those three cities. Uh, probably the most meaningful thing that happened was you know as soon as we got to Dubrovnik, uh, we met this guy, and he we learned that he was the guy that started the church in Dubrovnik. And, of course, my first thought was, like, why are, why are we here speaking? He should be speaking. <laughs> I mean, why, why, what are we doing? And, but we soon learned that, you know, once we got into the question of where do you go to church now, and he said, I don't go to church. And he's from Holland. And I'm not going to share the whole story because it's, it's just too long, but uh, just a broken came. He was there just a broken man, you know, uh, really broken from relationship. He had a broken relationship with his wife. Uh, he was with a new. Uh, he was with his new wife, which was a great, great relationship. But still struggling from this, oh, this the unpardonable sin of divorce and just different things like that, and just totally broken. But it was amazing, as Rick and I shared. It was almost like this just new uh, dimension of life just came to him. And by the time we were, by the time we left there, I mean, this is a guy that came in brokenhearted to a guy that was just ready to go back and start another church. You know, so it was just crazy. I mean, I don't think he was going to go start another church, but, but you know, a guy that uh, was beginning to see again, beginning to live again, you know, and so that was just really special for us to be a part of. But uh, great, awesome opportunities to, to love on people there in those three cities. So I'm going to let Rick share the rest, but I just wanted to give you all an update. And thank you guys so much for praying and being there. What? Zagreb. Zagreb. Dubrovnik. Dubrovnik. Pula. Pula. Verzden. Verzden. Four. Oh, well, <laughs> even five, Kotar, Montenegro. <laughs> I was thinking of what we both went into. That's <laughs>
I couldn't resist. He's supposed to be the math person, so I was trying to help him out. My one opportunity to help him in math. And so anyway, you know, that was awesome with Bert. Uh, in the same place in Dubrovnik, a young lady uh, in her probably early 30s, uh, father was a Muslim, um, just got his mother, her mother pregnant and abandoned both of them, uh, married a man who was on the sea, uh, never known love, never known love. God had been saved, was even on the worship team in the church, but never knew love. An opportunity to see her just weep with the love of God. And in fact, she wept for hours after we left uh, just with the love of God, you know, seeing God touch her and change her. Uh, another one, when, as I was teaching that conference in Zagreb, Mitch was down at Veristan preaching, but I, um, I'm teaching on strongholds to leaders, just leaders. And uh, Pastor Shitsko goes, uh, there any questions? So this lady raises, you know, one of the, there was a few other questions, and this lady asked this question. She said, I've been being tormented at night in sleep. I had in my past uh, uh, participated in uh, um, uh, transmittal meditation, you know, and kind of new age stuff. And I said, well, you know, you, you brought this up right now. And she's standing, you know, as she's asking a question. I says, well, y'all around her right now. Just, just repeat after me. And as we start to pray, she gets delivered of a spirit of, <laughs> of, of, uh, of sorcery and stuff like that. And it was just so cool to see God just touch people's lives. And so we do thank y'all for, for praying for us and, and allow us to go. And, and I just also want to say about Monica and Allison and Leah, uh, we just continually just heard reports of them, the fruit of their ministry going over there and ministering to those children's workers. People came, they, they brought workers from uh, four or five cities to hear them talk and uh, teach on, on ministering to children. You know, but it was powerful. It changed their lives individually and also affected those churches. So, and I hear good things were happening here. And, you know, so it's just cool. So we're, we're continuing a series on the kingdom of God. And this, this series the, this morning, as you can see it, Eye on the Prize. You know, and what it is, the kingdom of God, the timing and process of the manifestations of the kingdom. If you don't have a handout, Swifty's in the back. Just raise your hand and he'll get it to you. You know, it's, it's important to understand the timing and process of the manifestation of things. I know in my life, I remember about like 1979, 1980, and some of this y'all have heard before, but in 1980 when the Lord put it in my heart to go into ministry full time. And so, uh, you know, here I am involved in the convenience store business. I think at that time I was a manager of a convenience store um, in, in, in Time Saver, and the Lord said, Going to ministry, going to ministry full time. So being me, you know, and all of a sudden I hear something like that, so I start trying to do it. Well, uh, you know, I start trying to do it, and all of a sudden the Lord speaks to me, you know, after a period, a short period of time, says, what are you doing? I mean, I go, well, Lord, I'm trying to go into ministry full time. And he goes, not now. And it was not till 1986. And the process in between 1979 and 1986 was so important because I learned so much about life. If I would have went into ministry in 1979, I'd have been, been dangerous. And, you know, I'm probably there now, too, at times. But, you know, but, you know it would have been bad. But that period of time between 79 and 86, God was cooking things in my heart. I, you know, I also think about, which I shared with you all a few weeks ago, in uh, 1991 when the Lord put it in my heart about doing a drug and alcohol ministry. So Paul, guess what? I get this. I go down and I buy 82 acres on top of a mountain up in Big Stone Gap. And so guess what we start trying to do? 
start a drug and alcohol ministry. And, and, you know, in that place, and so when I did it, it was just total frustration for me. And God's going later on, you know, what are you doing? In that, God was birthing an inheritance that, it would, that Eagle's Nest would come out of dwelling place and not uh, out of Big Stone Gap, out of the Baptist church down there. And so, you know, the process and the timing of that was so critical for my life. And so these processes and the timing is so, so important, especially when we start talking about the kingdom of God. And let me give you some important things, uh, examples in Scripture. Um, like Moses, you know, age 40, at enter Moses, he's the deliverer of Israel. So he starts trying to take things into his own hands. So he starts killing Egyptian at, uh, who's messing with, an, with an, a Hebrew. Then he also, he starts... Uh, he starts serving as an intermediary in between them. And they go, who made, us, who made you ruler over us? And at this statement, Moses flees, flees Egypt. And so he goes out and he ends up in a desert and ends up a guy where he was mighty in word and deed, but he ends up where he cannot even talk. He's stuttering because of failure and rejection in ministry. How about Abraham? Abraham, God puts it in his heart that he's going to be a father of many nations. Through him, all the, all the, all the people of the earth would be blessed. Well, what does he do? He takes it his own hands. Uh, the interesting thing, like with a, you know, you know, he's, Sarah's feeling guilty because she can't deliver on the goods, so she gives him her handmaiden. So guess what? We got an Ishmael. You know, or also he's, God starts trying to con God into saying, hey, can it be Eliezer, my nephew, since I can't deliver? And so Abraham was constantly trying to con God. Into doing it. But God's going, no, I got a way. I got a miraculous way to do it. But, you know, and then Abraham finally caught on. Joseph, he starts having all these dreams that he's going to be a ruler. So guess what? He starts trying to help the cause by bragging on it to his father and, and to his family and his brothers. And all he did was sow seed of discord and resentment in their hearts. And he ends up thrown into a pit. You know, and also, because these three did not understand the time and the procedure of the promises of God being manifested in their lives. But the cool thing to me is like Jesus. Let's go to the next slide. Jesus understood. Therefore, he resisted Satan's temptation for an easy and an early inheritance of a kingship. You know, when Satan took him to a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world a moment in time, and says, I'll give it to you for it had been handed over to me. Guess what, bro? You don't have to die on a cross. In essence, that's what Satan was saying. Satan didn't know what Jesus was doing on dying on the cross. He knew he was going to try to kill him. But, but Jesus knew he didn't have to take the shortcut. It was a lot harder, but it cost him everything. But Jesus knew the time and the process. And also think about this. Jesus also understood the process. Therefore, he only went to the people of Israel. You remember the woman, uh, the Syrophoenician woman who came to him and asked him to come and minister to his daughter. But Jesus said, you know, the paraphrase is, I only go to the lost sheep to the house of Israel. He understood the process, the timing to those whom Jesus was assigned. Now the woman, he released healing, or that woman really drew the healing out of him. But in that, Jesus understood time and procedure and process. Now when we start talking about the kingdom of God, this understanding the, pro, the timing and the processes of the kingdom of God being manifested is so important. And now, y'all, we're going to start into some stuff in relationship to the kingdom.
that I think are just so important. And I'll be honest with you, they're on the very much on the edge of my total understanding. And so when we get into this, y'all, it's like Star Trek. <laughs> Starting out brave new worlds and going where <laughs> we ain't never been before. But that's okay. And that is okay. And so, and I'll remind you of something, and I thank God for Coralie and Kaylee for helping me on doing something. It's an illustration. But this, rep, remember now, this box, let's say this box represents the kingdom of God. Now, about four or five weeks ago, okay, sorry. Uh, don't try. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, let me get here. It's like a Rubik's Cube. See, I'm only dealing with just four sides. All right, okay, okay, I don't care. Okay. You remember there was four facets of the kingdom of God that we were talking about. We got, we're dealing with the country and the city of God. When we hear the kingdom, you're talking, you're talking about a place, heaven, New Jerusalem. And then there was a facet of the rule and the judgment of God. That's a facet of the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom of God. And Jesus, when you look and you see in the things that he taught, it would, there are times that he just taught about this. And then there was the life and the characteristics of the kingdom. You know, we're, we're like in uh, Romans chapter 14, uh, where the kingdom of God is, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You know, so there's, there's this whole thing of, of how to live life, the God life, that is the kingdom of God. And then there are times when Jesus revealed the kingdom of God was just him. You cannot separate the king from the kingdom. It's him. Is him. So when you think kingdom, there's four facets. You impressed? So, so, uh, so think about that. And so what we're doing is, is that what, we're going to break down these four facets of the kingdom because each one of them have time and procedure in the manifestation of them. And so we're going to go through these, and you know, I pray that we'll have time to do it. So let's just get into it in relationship to God himself. Now, I'm taking them out of the different order than when I taught them before. And I'm just talking on, let's talk about the kingdom in the processes of God himself, revealing himself to us. And let's, let's think about this. And so look about this, God, God himself. Uh, now, now, just think about this, now. God having relationship with God, interaction with God himself as the king now. What is it? Now, this passage in Peter, I want you to pay attention. It says, this is like in uh, 1.7, but 6 is, it talks about the testing of your faith. It says, the proof of your faith being more precious than gold. And then it, so I skipped over a few verses to get to this part right here. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, but believe in him. You greatly rejoice with inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith, and you can say also love, the salvation of your souls. What is this time now in relationship to the kingdom? You know what it is? It's really the, the opportunity to discover the love and faith in our God. Because the reality is eternity is about walking in love relationship with God. I mean, you, learn, you read passage of Scripture that where everything's about the, those who love God. Like uh, 1, 1 Corinthians 2.9, eye has not seen, ear has not heard. All that God has prepared for those who love him. Or Romans 8.28, God causes all things to work out for, together for the good of those who 
What? Love him who are called according to his purpose. Or, or James, I think it is James 1.13. The testing of your faith. And, and it goes on and talks about, um, uh, talks about something. James 1. Sorry, been studying on something here. Uh, 1.13. No, 12. Oh, you want to read it, Ben? Blessed is the man who perseveres under for trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So the really cool thing to me as you're thinking about this, okay, man, God, uh, do I love you? Well, this time now, y'all, is the opportunity to grow in the love and faith and hope of our God who is not seen. Y'all, that's real love. That is real faith. And because uh, and, you to fall in love with someone you do not know, in the courtroom of heaven, that can be, that is declared love. And so now is this opportunity to discover and grow in the love and faith and hope of our God. Let's go to the next slide in this. Because you've got to realize in the, in the age, in this age now, it's, it's an age and time that is uh, in part. Because in the, he, in, in the age to come, notice what it says. Now we see him in a dim, we see in a mirror dimly. Literally, it's seeing him dimly. Literally in riddles. But then, what? Face to face. Now, I remember, y'all probably remember I did that illustration. One of my favorite stories of, of that uh, Lieutenant Don Blanchard, who was the, the um, I, I, which I believe it's a true story of the guy who was in World War II, and he started that corresponding relationship with that lady who he had bought, discovered this book, this devotional book. And you remember me telling that story? And that he starts corresponding with her, and she would not send him a picture. She would not say anything except just stuff. In these letters, when he comes back over, he, he says, I want to meet you. How do I know you meet you? He says, I'll have a, a yellow rose. And you remember the whole story. You know, and he had a lady go ahead of her. And then he bumped, she bumps into him just like going my way, sailor, trying to pretend like he, she was flirty. And if he would have went after the flirty woman, he would have he missed out. Because you got to realize this. God is so awesome. To fall in love with him and to want him on your side is a no-brainer. But God only wants those who come after him from the heart. Because then face to face, we will see him. We will know him just as we're fully known. Let's go on to the next slide here. Because get this in Revelation 21, I heard a loud voice, the throne of God. Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men. Now it's in the spirit, an opportunity to love and learn and discover to love and exercise our faith because that is true love. And, but then face to face, God dwelling among us, it is just off the charts. Go to the next slide, please. Now here's the thing is, what's the application in this part in the kingdom of God now? Now, I, got to, I mentioned something earlier. Because when we talk about the kingdom of God, we've got to realize something. It comes in part in this age. But that's not God's total heart. And we'll go into that a little later. 
But I want you to notice this passage. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. Now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part. The Greek word there for know is the Greek word gnosko, which is a word just basic knowledge of. But go on, notice it says, I know, now I know in part, but then I will know. The Greek word there for know is the Greek word epinosis or epignosko. The word it means just like Adam knew Eve and begat a son. It's like Paula. I know Paula. I know Paula in a way that none of you in this room know Paula. I know her. To know him. Now we, now I, we know him. We see through a glass darkly. Then, face to face, we will know just as we're fully known. And notice what it says. Now abide faith, hope, and love. Now, and the greatest of these of love. Now, interesting thing about those. Faith and hope all deal with the unseen. The love of God has to do with loving the unseen. And notice the statement that God gave me. And go to the next slide, would you would please? No, I'm sorry. Back up. Sorry about that. Notice the top there, the application, the statement that God gave me. He says, resist discouragement, knowing our sight is in part. And in this age, use faith, hope, and love to help us see clearly. You know, you want to sow into the kingdom? Sow faith. You want to sow into the kingdom? Sow hope. You want to sow into the kingdom? Sow love. God says, you know, the one who thinks he knows something he does not yet know as he ought to know. But the one who loves is known by God. So in relationship to God himself being a facet of the kingdom, the thing that we've got to realize, yeah, then it'll be face to face. But now it is in the spirit. It's in riddles. Jesus told parables. Even, you know, he's constantly telling parables. That God's revealing things in part. Because I'll be honest with you, part of it is we can't handle it. There's been a few times in my life that were all of a sudden facets of God's, like God's holiness, God's love, God's joy got manifested on me. I'm just talking about three facets of God, okay? I'm just talking about three. You know, it wasn't his majesty. I've had God reveal his majesty to me at times, and that was enough to blow me up. But all of a sudden, he revealed three facets of his character. All at one time, dudes, I'm serious. I thought I was going to be a worm. I mean, it was going like, God, what a, you know, I mean, it's so crazy. All I could do was be on the floor because it was so great. But how do we walk in this time now using the tools of the unseen, faith, hope, and love? That's why it says in 1 Corinthians 13, now abides what? Faith, hope, and love. If you're feeling discouraged, you're not participating in the kingdom. Go into the area of faith, hope, and love. Now let's go on. When we talk about the kingdom of God, we're talking about what we said, the country or the city of God. And so now, well, the reality is the kingdom of God as the country and the city of God is in heaven. Like this, when Jesus, he was you know, being put on trial, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. 
If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Or, or like it says in Hebrews chapter 12, get this statement, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. So our city, our country, y'all, is not of this realm. And so when people look at you and go, you're a little weird. They'll go, yeah, I'm an alien. <laughs> you are. You're not from this realm. You're from heaven. The capital city that you have been born from is the new Jerusalem. You know, Shane's cool. He's got it really cool. He's lived in the physical Jerusalem, and he will live in, and he's part of the heavenly Jerusalem. That's really cool. Yeah, that's, that's big bragging rights, you know. <laughs> but to catch the reality is our country is in the spirit, and it's not of this realm. It's in heaven. Let's go to the next slide. Will be? This country, this city will be of this age, will be of this realm. And notice, when the age to come, in the age to come, it's where the spiritual and the physical become one. And that's what's crazy. You remember when Jesus appeared to the disciples after he raised from the dead? You know, he's in the upper, they're in the upper room, and all of a sudden Jesus appears in their midst. I mean, that'd be a, that's a really tripper. They're right there in the midst. All of a sudden he appears right in the middle of them. And then he does some things, and he says some things, and he disappears out from the middle of them. I mean, that's where, and they, when he first appears, they go, they think he's a ghost. And he says, no, 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 no. See, I'm not, I'm not just a, a spirit. A spirit does not have flesh and bone as you see me have. See, the kingdom to come is where the physical and the spiritual become one. And so it's real. It's real. It will invade this realm, and it will totally radically change this whole realm. In fact, this, what you see right now, will be destroyed the new heavens and the new earth. So the country and the city of God, in fact, the city of God, you heard me talk about it before, comes out of heaven, 1,500 miles long, 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles high. Awesome. New earth. New earth. How big is the new earth that it could hold a 1,500-mile city? Crazy, crazy. Walls so thick. How many is it? How thick? 90 yards thick. A wall, the city of the city, and I, the architecture on that's got to be kind of crazy because who's the architect? Who's the who got architect? Yeah. That would be really interesting. Yeah, Ron, calculate that for me one day. <laughs> to build a wall in our present structures, fifteen hundred miles high, how thick would the walls have to be? I'm going. That's that's got to be some revolution. Well, it is. That's some revolutionary material. You know what I mean? <laughs> To go in that. But so anyway, so we got a country to be. But we have a country now. It's in the spirit. It's real. It is real. And let's go on to the next slide. What's the application of having a country now in the spirit of heaven? Now, here's what God was telling me. Invest. You know, yeah. let me just give you a clue. There's a really good startup company coming. It's called the kingdom of God. Invest. You know, that's what he said. Store up yourselves treasures in heaven where moth does not, runs, does not corrupt. This kingdom works. I remember one time to me, this guy came to me and says, Rick, Rick, I'm telling you, there's a new company 
busting on the New York Stock Exchange. Invest in it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go. The stock's going to go at about first about $40 a share. So invest in it. And it was kind of crazy. At that very moment, that time he told me that, we got this crazy refund from this health insurance thing, like five or $6,000. And so, so, and he said, it'll be going on, the, it'll be going on, on the stock exchange in a couple of weeks. So anyway, I kind of forgot about it about a week or two after it went. And so when I checked into it, you know, the stock started out at 40. Well, in a couple of weeks, it was already up to, to, I think it was 80 when I checked it. And I'm going, dude, man. And then I'm going, well, has it reached the ceiling? You know, and I'm just playing around. Do I go ahead and go and invest on it? I was kind of, I kind of playing around with it. And I'm going, nah, it's probably reached, it's reached a peak, you know. So anyway, you know what the stock went up to? $200 a share. I missed a startup company. And I'm going, wow, man, I could have taken that $5,000. I could have made a lot of money on it. And I could have added to that $5,000 and made a whole lot of money. Because, but I just let time pass. Well, y'all, there is a kingdom that is coming. Invest. Because you know what? Notice this passage in 1 Peter 4, 13. To the degree you share in the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing so that also at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exaltation. So I just want to declare that over you and I. Invest. It's real. It's real. And don't be like me where you look back, we'll go, well, that was $200 a share. This, y'all, is, I don't know what the value is on this going to be per share. <laughs> but you got one. You got one. I know this. You got a share. Invest it. Invest it. So, so, the, so the God himself, and the second thing is, is the country and city of God, the time and the process of it. Now, the interesting one to me that's on this one that's important for us to understand is the rule and the judgment of God. Because, y'all, this is where we get the statements, God is in control. This is where we get the miscommunications about, you know, well, where's God, you know, when, when, my, uh, when this guy raped me, or where's God when my, my aunt died of cancer, or my mom died of cancer, or these are things I've heard, you know, or for me, and, you know, where was God when mom died of all, I mean, uh, of that crazy neurological disease or Bud dies of Alzheimer's, where's your God? Because if God's the ruler, you know, what's the deal? I don't know if I want to be a part of this company. I want to invest in a country, in a company that causes babies to die? You know, is that what I want? Well, you know, the, real, the reality is, and there's just a few things that God put in my heart to share. His rule now it's two, just two things that he just told me to highlight is in the spirit. And like in Psalm 82, 1, where God takes his stand in his own congregation, he judges in the midst of the rulers. This is in the courtroom of heaven. God judging the spiritual realm. Now, y'all, the spiritual realm has effect into the physical, and therefore the physical will turn around and have an effect in the, in the spiritual. That's like what we saw, you see in the book of Job, in Job chapter 1 and 2. Well, really, the whole book of Job. 
the, the interactions of the spiritual realm affecting the, the, the physical realm and the physical realm affecting the spiritual realm and allowing the enemy to accuse in the courtroom of heaven. God's main rule now is in the courtroom of heaven, which dictates in the spirit how things physically manifest in the earth. But however, here's an important thing for you to catch. The main way God exerts authority in the physical realm now is through the delegation of authority. You know, like first thing is, like 1 Corinthians 7.37, he gives you authority over your own will. Then the next thing he gives, like in the family, husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. You know, like where it says about a wife, a woman is to have authority over her head because of the angels. Purpose of the authority is, is to protect. Or like authority in the church, where like in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, where it says, Obey your leaders, submit to them as you watch over your souls, as those who must give an account. Or governing authorities, like in Romans chapter 13. There is no authority except given by God. In fact, we'll look at that one in a few minutes. In fact, let's go to the next slide. Now God operates in this delegating authority. Watch this. Every thirsting is in subjection to governing authorities. For there was no authority except from God. And those which exist are established by God. For it is a minister of God and an avenger to bring wrath on those who practice evil. Now, you remember when I preached on the sovereignty of God, there was four major statements that God gave me about the sovereignty of God. First is, God's created everything with purpose, time, boundaries, and authority. Second thing is, God allows purpose, time, boundaries, and authority to be violated. Third thing is, he'll, He judges how purpose, time, He judges that He may reward how purpose, time, boundary, and authorities are used. And the fourth thing, he seeks to redeem how purpose, and time, purpose, time, boundaries, and authority are used. See, what God's purpose in protection is he delegates authority to take care of things. First off, of your own life. To exercise authority. You exer and I exercise authority in relationship to our own lives, the choices we make. God gives us those authority to exercise those things. And, uh, but, you know, like, like the times that we're, I'm ministering to a, to a woman who's been abused. And we're maybe, we're like in one circumstance where this woman uh, her, allowed her dad, her dad allowed his best friend to rape his daughter. Down in Charlotte. It was, it was sick. This girl goes to see her dad on the weekend. Her parents, were, her parents were divorced, and she was like a young college student. She goes to visit her dad, and this guy rapes her. Well, you know, one of the questions in her heart was, where's God? Well, God gave the authority to that dad to protect his daughter. Now, here's the craziness in this. God gave the authority. He'll give accountable, but he seeks to redeem. In other words, God, Jesus on the cross, bore the pain of that girl of the violation of her father's authority. It was a really cool thing for me to see, first off, things released into the dad's life because of his abuse of his daughter. But then the cool thing was to see the power of the cross of Jesus Christ heal this woman's heart. That's only Jesus can do stuff like that. But see, the ruling of the kingdom of God is God has 
chosen, just like every facet of it is, is an opportunity to be rewarded. Because guess what? I just spoke on the negative side. But let's pick on Burby here. Sorry. It's got to come up sometime. You know, and Burby here, God's given him some authority as a teacher in a university. So he took that authority and he taught truth in a scientific manner to a group of college students. Okay? He was ostracized because of it. He, even in fact, when he went up for final big dog professorship, I don't know what that is called. Big dog. <laughs> when you get it, I'll give you a sign that says big dog. But, you know, the, the fellow professors shot it down because, quote, his teaching truth, you know. But, you know, the cool thing to me is all of a sudden, God comes along and gives him a position in the nation, in the area of geology. He goes Wednesday, y'all, to meet with the NSF, National Science Foundation. Right? See, Tom exercised his authority and got blessed. And that's, you know, that's the rule of God in the spirit now, and it manifests itself. In the age to come, here's the reality, y'all. No more veiled stuff, no more delegations. There'll be delegation authority, but let me just say this to you. Notice, go to the next, next slide. The seventh angel said, the loud voices, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. Go to the next slide. And notice this. And from his mouth came a two-edged sword so that he may strike down the nations. He will rule them with a rod of iron. Now, y'all, there's no iffiness when Jesus takes the throne. It's, it's over with in the kingdom to come. In the rule of God to come, it's, it's over with, iffiness, veiledness, and where, that where we have the opportunity to participate. It's over with. The, the season to sow is over when he comes. The kingdom fully manifests itself. And so in the application in this, I want you to catch this. Watch this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. In relationship to the kingdom now in the rule of God and kingdom to come in the rule of God. Notice this passage in 1 Corinthians 6. He says, do you not know that the saints will judge the world? If the world is judged by you, are you not competent to constitute the smallest law courts? Do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more the matters of this life? You know what he's saying in this whole passage? I'm looking for some people that are learning how to judge now because I'm going to put them over stuff. If they don't know how to judge now, they ain't going to be judging then. Every hard situation you and I deal with to judge and to rule over, guess what? It's an opportunity to learn in relationship to the kingdom to come in this new startup company that's coming in. So, you know, exercise the opportunities because there's a destiny of opportunity ahead of us. Let's go on. Justice. Justice in the kingdom. I mean, the kingdom of God is justice. 
I mean, when you, when you start looking in a relationship with the Beatitudes, and I could have gone in a whole in depth about this, but it talks about the poor, theirs are the kingdom of God. You like you, not, not in Matthew, that's in James. But, but the interesting thing to me is that now God does execute judgment. He executes justice, like this passage in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, that no man did transgress or defraud his brother in this matter because the Lord is avenger in all things, just as we also told you before and solemnly warned you. A good friend of mine overseas who got involved with sexual immorality overseas, pastor in a church where I just, a guy who I just intensely sowed a lot into, he and his wife, and because of sexual immorality and their relationship, they end up in a divorce. And the church that is over is completely demolished. The church. And then I found out when I was overseas, guess what? The guy had a stroke. He's only like late 40s, and he's got permanent damage. And I'm going, I thought about the 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Every other sin that a man commits is outside of body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. Vengeance. There is justice in this age. And I could go on and on and on about that. There are facets of it. But, but many times people look for justice in this age, and God is not executing justice in this age, but he'll execute the judgment and justice in the age to come. Notice this passage of Scripture in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. And now watch this. It says, Your perseverance and faith in the midst of all your persecutions and afflictions which you endure... This is a plain indication of God's righteous judgment so that you'll be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. Now watch this. Keep going. Next slide. For after all, it is only just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you and give relief to you who are afflicted and to us a well when the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven in his holy mighty, I mean, in his mighty angels in a flaming fire. When is justice executed here? When he comes. The kingdom comes. Why? Now, if you would, would you go back one slide, Amy? Why would God not go ahead and execute justice now? In relationship to the person that persecutes you or the things that cause tribulation in your life. Why would he not? Two things. Watch this. Notice it said, this is a plain indication of God's righteous judgment that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God. Now, y'all, in our, in our society today, you know, there's a big lot of emphasis about grace. But let me tell you something about grace. It is an intense, legal, and just transaction that gets released. Foundations of God's stone are justice and righteousness. You are about to inherit something that has, that has limitless value. The question is, are you worthy of it? What? Now, the question is, though, how do I get worthy for something that has limitless value? I receive by faith the fullness of the value that Jesus gives to me. But in it, is, is my faith real? Is it real? That's judged. Is it real? You heard the, you know, the demons believe and shudder. But the reality is, do I really believe and is Jesus Christ really the Lord of my life? That's the worth. The sufferings and the persecutions that you and I face, you know what they are? They're declarations worthy 
worthy. I, you know, I'm sorry I've been picking on Jim in this area a lot, but it's just, like, you know, you know, Jim is like one of my all-time favorite people on earth and an inspiration to my soul. But I'll be honest with you, it's been hell he's gone through. I seen him a few minutes ago grabbing his shirt and pulling it out. But you know what? Jim's gone through, and the thing that Jim has done in this time is that I think it's a declaration in the Spirit, worthy, worthy. Because in the midst of hell, he has not denied the time that he does stand on his own two feet, which I believe he will hear, but also in, I know he will in the age to come. Worthy. And in Jean, worthy as a wife, faithful woman, Psalm 31, hardcore proven declarations. Not only to Jim, but to Jim's dad and also Jim, her, her parents. And this declaration, their lifestyle and the persecutions, not necessarily persecutions, maybe some, yeah. But afflictions, the tribulations they faced are declarations worthy. Worthy. And the interesting thing, y'all, is this. To the degree, this is crazy here, to the degree they suffer here is to the degree which they will receive in the age to come. That's crazy. The small, that's why I say to all of us, those, those things that are burrs in our side and we're going, God, get me out of this. And God's going, are you sure you want out of it? Are you sure? You could want to count it all joy in this temptation, this trial. So, you know, so we're talking about the kingdom. Now, age to come. If you notice in your notes, um, God will bring justice in relationship to those stolen because of physical circumstances. When I was writing this down, when I wrote it down, you notice there's no verses in it, and there's some verses that God gave me to put in there, but I just didn't feel like I should. But I will say this. Is Lindsay here? Huh? You know, I really, I felt like... Uh, there's justice that will be brought to pass on the things that have happened in relationship to Lindsay's life, both in this age and also the age to come. And not only for Lindsay, but also for Tristan. God will bring justice for things stolen in relationship to physical circumstances, both in this age and the age to come, like Tom and Ingrid went through the situation with, with Rena and Josh. Rena's faithfulness to the Lord in that and Tom and Ingrid's faithfulness alongside that God says I will bring justice on that behalf of that you may not see it now but it will come and it's really cool to me that God brought somebody like this Cooney Ratliff character you know out of the big out of the big county of Giles County yeah brother yeah come on up for it now he talks country like me and so good things can come out of the country can't they Cooney that's right so, anyway, sorry about that. Getting distracted. God will bring, and, and I just want to go on real quick. Go to, the, go to the next slide, to the application. I just want to declare it. The adversities that you and I faced, and the, you know, which would involve temptations, tribulations, um, wildernesses, uh, um, persecution, sickness, you know, which are all 
many things that occur in this world. There's like seven different types of them. And I will say this, that God will bring validation and he will bring justice in relationship to those things. You have a God who does not forget. The smallest things, both in this age and the age to come, but there, there are times that when you don't see justice brought, in this, brought about in this age, that it's like what I said earlier. I, I believe there's a facet of it that God is sowing for eternity. I, I, I'll give you an example of this. You know, I've been writing books for how many years? Since 1991. <laughs> and I probably, you know, I don't know how many we've distributed, maybe a thousand. I'm far from the New York seller's bestseller list. Far from it. And I'm saying, God, why? Why? Why am I doing this, Lord? I mean, you know, for years, I mean, Paul, if Paul and I are, I mean, if Paul and I got a free time, I'm writing. I'm writing. Right now, I'm biting five or six books. Right now. Right now. And I'm going, why, God? Why, why did I do it? I mean, you know, I mean, it seemingly like it goes nowhere. You know, and, and, but the really cool thing is, is this little lady uh, in Croatia, she got a hold of one of the, the new Strongholds books. And she goes, Rick, this changed in my life. And I'm going, okay, God. It's worth it. And then I heard the Lord say, Rick, do you want reward now? Or do you want it in the age to come? No, Lord, that's a good question. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Every book that I've written that gets go through the whole process has cost Paul and I $5,000. That's $5,000. Any book that we sell don't come, and none of the proceeds come to us. All we're doing is believing God to pay for the things. And that's when God says to me, do you want reward here or there? And that's when, I heard him say that real strong. And so I'm going, okay, God, all right. <laughs> if it's one or two people in crazy places like Croatia, you know. Pardon me? There you go. There you go. Well, let me share something real quick on the last. Is uh, about the life and the characteristic of his kingdom. You know, let's go to the next slide there. And, you, know, you know, there is these statements that the kingdom of, God, the kingdom of God is righteous, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, and the kingdom of God is power. But what I want to do is real quick, I want to narrow down on one particular facet of the kingdom of God. Of, when it comes to the life and the characteristics of the kingdom. I want to focus on our physical bodies. Because, y'all, in June, we've got a dude coming in here that walks in gifts of healing, which I'm believing there's going to be a lot of impartation to us. We always look for the apostolic outside of us to come in and birth something in us, always down through the years. And we're believing for something. I mean, the crew that's operating in the healing now, there's... I mean, God's doing really cool things with them. But I think as a body, we're going to receive something. And so one of the crucial things when you start talking about the kingdom of God, when you talk about talking about healing, is, king, is he, physical healing. We're the physical things. And so we got to understand the time and process of the kingdom of God as it pertains to our physical bodies. 
because there's a lot of, a lot of misunderstanding. And we'll go to more in depth about this, but I want to show you all some stuff. And notice this passage here in 2 Corinthians 4.16. Now, I just want to face this, y'all. And I'll, this is the negative thing about the Word of Faith movement. Because it does not completely tell the whole truth of God. Now, we do not lose heart. Though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. Outer man is what? Decaying. Even the premier Word of Faith dude died of congestive heart failure of Kenneth Hagin Sr. You know, if you look at the faith, the people who are faith healers down through the years, they all, the ones in the, the generation before, died. And many of them had some crazy physical infirmities. Because why? Like you heard me preach a couple, of, uh, a couple of weeks ago, there is a sin and death that permeates this realm. Rick Cooper does not look the same as he did 15 years ago when we started this church. <laughs> Boy, I stepped in that, didn't I? He <laughs> oh, looks better, yeah, but it does, that hair, that does have, that hair, notice that hair there? It does have a, it's got glory in it. And that Ted Dean character behind him, too, I don't think he had, until he started hanging around me, he had gray hair. Maybe I'm the common denominator in this, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway. Paula's hair looks the same. Yeah. And she don't die. <laughs> she got glory all over her. But look at this. I mean, go to the next slide. Watch this one. This is interesting in Romans chapter 8 passage. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin. That's an interesting statement. Because sin dwells in your physical body. That's in Romans chapter 7. Go on. It says, yet the spirit is life, literally life, because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. The Greek word, therefore, will give life is a, is a word that's future tense. It's a future tense verb. Well, we know without a shadow of a doubt that your body, my mortal bodies, takes on immortality when, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in the age to come. So there's no, you know, y'all, right now in this age, your body is decaying. Your body, we call that thing called aging. It's called aging. And so your body is dead because of the presence of sin that permeates it. The fullness of redemption comes when the kingdom fully manifests itself. And it will give life to your mortal bodies. It's just across the board. Now, now here's the crazy thing that, that God's told me to teach. Go to, go to the next slide. Now, this passage of Scripture, Jesus tells the disciples, he says, there's some of you who are standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Now watch this. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John and his brother and led them up to a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. Now, y'all, 
There's a passage in Matthew, that ta- another passage in Matthew, it refers to when the kingdom comes as the regeneration. And so one of the facets of the manifestation of the kingdom of God when he comes in glory across the board, every one of us are transformed and changed. Immortal takes on immortality. That which is perishable becomes imperishable. Okay? I mean, no more sickness, no more aging. It's over. It's over. No more death to permeate or affect us in any way, shape, or form when the kingdom fully manifests itself. But now, when did Jesus get transformed? All of a sudden, God the Father speaks, and Peter and James and John, or I don't know if you remember, Andrew was one of these, throw themselves on the ground when the Father speaks, and they look up, and all of a sudden, Jesus is like back to himself. We'll quote himself. And he says, don't tell anybody what you saw. What just happened, y'all? A manifestation of the kingdom of God. Now, okay, what am I saying? It's, it's track time, okay? Now, y'all realize God don't do time. Time here and here is the same for God. So he exists at the beginning of creation and, and in the future all at the same time. That's what is crazy to me. You remember the Ecclesiastes chapter 3 passage? That which is has already been, for God seeks that which has already passed by. Your names were written in the Lamb's book of life when? Before the foundations of the world. Names are not written in, they're blotted out. Okay, what's that got to do with anything, Rick? Here's time for us, which God has chosen to put us in time, and he is interacted with us on time. Okay? Here's when the kingdom in time will fully manifest itself. At the fullness of time, Jesus was revealed. Okay? That's in Ephesians chapter 1. But what Jesus did was, when in Matthew chapter 17, that which will be came back in time. And the kingdom manifested itself. It's crazy. What is he, what is he talking about? Y'all, we can participate with this which will fully manifest itself here. But now remember, in this age, it will be in part. Now, y'all, God's heart is to fully manifest itself. There's been points in time in my life that where I have seen the kingdom of God manifest itself in craziness, in places and time. And I, what I realized was it was the kingdom coming. You go talk to Bill Johnson and him about Bethel, and you'll hear them talking about what? The kingdom. He wrote a book, When Heaven Invades Earth. That's the kingdom of God coming. And you, that's when you, like, you see, like in the, in the 1900s or around then, where this guy named Evan Roberts and a bunch of crazies just sought the face of God in, in Wales. And all of a sudden, the kingdom of God manifests itself and it transforms a whole society where the jails were shut down. 
Somebody asked the police chief, uh, what, what are they doing now? He says, well, we got an excellent choir. <laughs> and literally, they shut the jail down because there's nobody to put in it. Because the whole society was transformed. The kingdom of God came and visited. Now, y'all, the sad part was is all of a sudden when they lost sight of things, the kingdom of God lifted. And so what God is calling us into is, y'all, the kingdom of God now. Notice the next slide where Jesus said, let's go to the next one. Behold, I'm giving you the what? Keys to the kingdom. Remember when you were a kid, some of you older people, you remember, if you can remember back that far, your dad's here. I remember, hey, dad, can I have the keys to the car? I remember before I got my license, I was just dreaming for the day. Oh, can I have the keys to the car? Oh. You know what? Our dad in heaven saying, okay, I'm giving you the keys. Now, some of us in this room, curious, I got a curious question. Any of us in the first year or two when your parents gave you the keys to the car, you wrecked the car? (laughs) You know, I think back in us. And we got the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and I'm going, Lord, how many times I've wrecked the car. <laughs> but you know what? The cool thing about our Heavenly Father, he says, you still got them, bro. My mercy and grace covers it up. And I, God's saying, I give you the keys. And we'll talk about what these keys are. I will say this to you. God's heart is, he would not tell us to pray this if it was not possible. Thy kingdom, what? Thy will be, where? Like what? I believe Jesus is not teasing us. He's telling us that we can pray for something that can happen. There will be a kingdom that will fully manifest itself. Face to face with the Lord. A kingdom, a kingdom, a country, and a city will physically manifest itself. The rule and reign which no one has a choice whether they will submit to it or not. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus is Lord. There will be justice executed and brought to pass. And there will be a transformation which will change and will affect all creation which will fall into the line of the the characteristics of the character of the king and the kingdom, physically, in relationship to our bodies, and all the many other things that go with the kingdom of God. And so, anyway, I want to invite you to really catch revelation about the reality of the kingdom and that we truly live to the kingdom. Now, the, the thing that the Lord put in my heart was, There's people that are tired, they're weary, and they're wanting to give up. They've lost sight of some things. And I just want to declare, God has not forgotten. God has not forgotten. You got anything you want to add? Joe, you got something, bro? I just wanted to share, and you know, Jesus said in John 3, 3, He's talking to Nicodemus, and he says, unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And so um, I just felt like there's an opportunity here that 
Maybe you're hearing these things and you want it, but you've never stepped into that place of truly asking the Lord to be the Lord in your life. You know, there's a, there's a scripture that says, I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Maybe you're in a place where you haven't fully laid your life down to let the King of Kings come, the King of the Kingdom come and live His life through you. So I want to invite anybody in that place, you know, to respond as well. So Amy, Amy, can you can you do the guitar thing, please? We're just going to close shop, and uh, Joe has given a word to come on up. And I want to ask for the first responders to come on up, please. We want to pray for people who are who want to participate in the kingdom. And there's certain things that you've lost sight of, and we want to agree with you that God will heal your hearts. It just seems like there's another word. Somebody's got another word, prophetic word. Somebody's got a word. I was, um, recently I've been asking the Lord throughout the day, like, what, what I'm supposed to read. And um, he told me recently to read Jeremiah 27. And if you read it, it's a really discouraging chapter. Uh, <clears throat> so I was just like, Lord, that's not you. And uh, he got telling me to read it. And part of the, part of the chapter, um, God's telling um, he's telling Jeremiah to go tell, uh, I think it's Zedekiah, King Zedekiah, that he's like, you're going to go bow before um, Babylon and all this stuff. And so finally I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, why, why are you telling me this? Am, am I going to, like, bow to someone? <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm a little congested, I'm not crying yet. But um, <laughs> he, um, so the Lord tells me, he's like, well, I keep telling you to read this chapter because King Zedekiah gave up what I gave him. And I'm calling you not to give up on what I'm giving you. And so this, this, you know, this, this whole time, like, oh, Lord, gosh, I don't want to speak this because this has just been, this has been on my heart, you know. Like the Lord has given us all so much. He's given us dreams. He's given us kingdom. And the enemy wants us to give up. But I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up, right? That's right. Woo! Wow. And, and I, I saw, just kept hearing, um, we, a lot of us have given up because I, I remember one time I invested a little bit of money in something and it just went south. And, um, and when that happens, you get very gun shy on the other side of that because you're like, man, I tried that, did that, didn't work, not doing that again. And so I just encourage you, some of us have, uh, have stopped investing into the kingdom um, because we thought it didn't work or our perception or maybe we had some uh, crises of sorts or something go down. And I just encourage you, there's, there's something that God's calling us to begin to invest again. Uh, it was kind of that same word that George gave us. You know, sometimes we feel like we're in that tar and that mud of life and the Lord's saying, well, invest some praise. In- invest some praise, you know, and come out of that, you know. We're not just talking about physical money of sorts. We're talking about life, you know. And because I know I can look at each one of y'all, because uh, I know most of you, and I know that somebody invested in you. I know moms and dads and grandparents and grand, uh, you know, all sorts of people, you know, leaders in your life have invested into you. 
So the reason that you're here today is because of investment. So guess what? If you start investing, you know, that same investment will return 100. I believe it will return 100 fold. So I just encourage you. I think some of us have stopped investing because we've gotten burnt or we've gotten something's happened. Maybe you just need to come get prayer for that this morning. You just need to break that off so that you can begin to invest again. Um, Melissa gave a really cool word about, you know, just a, kept seeing the, that revelation picture of the, um, uh, the, the lamb having been slain. He was seated, and he, he has a, kind of a, it was a two-face. One was a lamb and one was a lion, and we need both, you know, in our life. Uh, so come receive. Maybe you need the lamb to come and just comfort you this morning. Maybe you need the lion to come and get you out of where you're at, you know, to war for you on your behalf. So, but he's here. Either way, lion, lamb. He's here. Yeah, and I want to encourage you, don't despise the small things, the weird moments. I remember one time back when we were living in, at Blacksburg over here in the, in the, behind the BSU, and Paul, we just had, we had two babies, Michelle and Michelle were really young at the time, and, and I flew into, I'd gone out to Colorado to do a retreat and came back and, and flew into Roanoke, and I, I caught the the bus or something, something bus that was operating from there to Blacksburg, Roanoke Airport to Blacksburg. And I got talking with this guy on there, just, just speaking Jesus into him. I mean, just not anything fancy, just dealing Jesus with him, you know? He didn't get saved, and I'm just like, well, whatever, you know? The interesting thing was, is when Paul and I left, the B, left our internship at the BSU here, and we went back to seminary, they did this big party for us. And the crazy thing was, this guy showed up at that party. And he said, you don't know what you said to me at that moment. And I'm going, praise God. Because I was tired. i just flown from the west to east. I was tired. But Jesus did some stuff. And I sowed into something that I was, and I'm going, glory to God. So I just want to speak weariness and tiredness. We're going to close. Prayer teams are up here. We're going to be up here. And elders, come on up, please, and help. So I want to pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the revelations of your kingdom. Lord, your kingdom functions now. Even though when the, the kingdoms of this world look so nasty and ugly today, there's ISIS and there's thisis and all kind of crazy things, Lord. Countries like Russia causing issues in, in the Ukraine. And Lord, just so... Things look so tumultuous. But Lord, your kingdom exists and functions. And Lord, it will come a time when your kingdom will fully manifest itself. And Lord, you will reveal yourself unveiled. Lord, your, your country, your city comes and permeates this world when the kingdoms of this world become the kingdom of our Lord and Christ. Lord, you execute your rule your reign, and you will bring justice, and you are bringing justice now. And Lord God, we thank you for the transformations of human hearts, physical bodies, and stuff that, are, that will occur in the fullness of the kingdom. But Lord, we want to participate in that which will be now. Lord, in all facets, salvations from all facets, deliverance. Lord, we want to declare you are the one who is worthy. You're the king. You're the king, Lord. And let's just sing this song, He is Worthy, y'all. Let's offer up a sacrifice of praise and we'll close.